0: So I want to talk about hope today, you know. We're gonna have communion here in a few minutes, and uh, I just want to talk about hope because it's such a huge thing, isn't it? You know, there's not so much hope on the earth. not so much hope around. It's a, it's a precious commodity, I think, that we don't have enough of. You know, but through the through the scripture, the Bible is like from cover to cover, full of hope. It's all about hope, giving us hope. There's uh, at least 160 scriptures that talk about hope. From cover to cover, and, and from Genesis all the way to Revelation, the, the concept of hope is found there. Someone said this, you probably heard this before, human beings can live for 40 days without food, for four days without water, And four minutes without air, but we can't live for four seconds without hope. Hmm. Now, you know, it's an interesting concept, you know, not necessarily all true, because there's people, I think someone said it today, all around us that are in hopeless situations, and their lives are just completely devoid of hope. One uh, philosopher fellow said this, he said, in the age of hope, or in an age of hope... Men looked up at the night sky and they saw the heavens. In an age of hopelessness, they, they look up and they call it simply space. Interesting, isn't it? It's what you see. So, uh, you know, I have to ask the question too. Do you, you know, do you have, can you put that on the screen for me, please? Click that for me. There we go. You know do you have any hope and and, you know you ask somebody do you have any hope and they say i hope so (laughs) you know that's kind of like how it works because we're not sure about this whole concept of hope now i looked this up this idea of, of the power of hope and and you all have heard of there's a magazine called psychology today right you all heard of that and it's you know it's a secular a secular magazine and you know it's all about psychology and everything But it was so interesting what I read there. I have a few quotes from that that article. Listen to what he said. And this guy is, he's an MD. He's a medical doctor. He says this. If I could find a way to package and dispense hope, I would have a pill more powerful than any antidepressant on the market. He said, hope is often the only thing between man and the abyss. As long as a patient, individual, or victim has hope, they can recover from anything and everything. However, if they lose hope, unless, unless you can help them get it back, all is lost. This idea of the power of hope in a person's life, even the, the, the secular world, the, you know, the humanistic world around us, realize that there's something about the necessity of hope to survive, to go on. We look around. We see hopeless lies, hopeless hearts. We see depression all around us. The, you know, suicide all around us. The, you know, the the you know he mentioned, and he's a MD. He mentioned you know antidepressant. The the market for antidepressants is like skyrocketed. Why? Because because we're such a people of without you know with no hope we have everything we have stuff we have plenty of stuff but we don't have much hope you know thoreau the the writer he said this that the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation the mass of men leave lives of quiet desperation i think it's true if you look around and you talk to people and you listen to people that's why we have this festival of hope even if it's only for four or five hours or if they come for an hour, there's something that just kind of, it's different. Like it's free. It's like, you know, we're not after you. We're not going to chase you. You know, it's, we're here to give you, just to take your mind off the situation of the world in your life. And maybe even on Sunday morning, sometimes I think about this, you know, well, we're only together for an hour and a half, But but can it really, does it really do anything? Can it help? Can it do much? But, but even if you just get together for an hour and a half and, and, and get your focus away from, you know, our problems and the situation and the world and ourselves and, and focus on the one who gives hope, it makes a difference. You know, we live in Rhode Island. and What's the motto? Hope, you know. You know, if that's the case, if, if all that matters is we got a motto and it's called hope, so Rhode Island should be the most hopeful state in the whole union, right? Is that the case? You know, Rhode Island is, is at the top of those that have, you know, uh, the most uh, unchurched, biblical, biblically illiterate in the country. We're at the top. The Providence and area, you know, rated right at the top. We're, we're not at the top of being hopeful. We're probably at the bottom of being hopeful, the top of being hopeless. You know, we can look at all the things going on and say, wow, I live here? So, this idea of hope, let's get back to the idea of hope. You know, what is it? Because, because the definition of what hope is is really kind of crucial. And and I don't know that that things, you know, there there's a there's a thing now where people, you know, they take words and they redefine them, they they make them mean something else. But this word hope I think has gone through somewhat of a transition and it gotten weaker. Now for you and I, when we say the word hope, I hope so, you know, it's like wishful thinking. I hope that I can find a job, I hope that it gets better, I hope, you know, that you know they have donuts next next week you know i hope maybe they will maybe it'll happen maybe or not but but true hope is way stronger than that even this md from psychology today article he said hope is the belief that circumstances will get better it's not a wish for things to get better it's a belief it's something you you expect and you believe in the in the Webster's dictionary let me put that on the screen for you this is from Webster's the definition of hope they call it archaic that's kind of like the you know what it used to be used as and so you see there's this trust it's a very strong word it's trust I have hope I have trust I have reliance But even the second definition is still way stronger than the way we use the word today. And this is the dictionary, Webster. A desire accompanied by expectation of our belief in fulfillment. We believe that it's going to happen. We have an expectation. And that is the true meaning of hope. That is how the word hope is used in the Bible. There's an expectation. There's a confident expectation. It's a powerful, powerful word. And that is the kind of hope that is going to make a difference in my life and in your life. It's not, well, I hope that, you know, something might get better, whatever it might be. But I have a, a confident expectation that there's something that's going to make things better, something that is going to get better, that I believe is going to get better. One more thing for, from this uh, article from Psychology Today. It's very interesting. But, but he says this. I found this fascinating. He said to restore or instill hope, because he said, you know, without it, how are they going to survive? He said, here are the things that, that are the most important. And he lists three things. And the first thing he lists is faith. To, to give you hope, to restore hope, to instill hope. The first thing, and again, he's, a sec, he's an MD, secular article, psychology. He, the first things he says is hope. Now, he, he says, this is his definition of faith. He says, the belief that there is something bigger and more important than you. Whether it's God, capital G, a higher power, a child, a loved one, a mission or a, ca- a cause, It is a reason to go on, and it has nothing to do with you. In other words, the hope is something outside of ourselves. It's not in me. There was a very, very popular song, and some of you are going to get up and start singing it with me. When you feel like hope is gone, look inside you and be strong, and you'll finally see the truth, that hero lies in you. Any of you know that song? You would if I told you who sang it, Mariah Carey. If I could sing, I would sing it for you. If I knew the tune, I would sing it for you. If you heard it, you would all recognize it. Play it in all the elevators. Very popular song. But it's a lie. The hope doesn't lie within you. You're not going to find it there. Dig deep, it's there. It's not there. And I think even this secular writer, I don't know what his position on personal faith is for him, but, but he's pointing that it's got to be something outside of you. It's got to be something bigger than you. A woman wrote this, faith is the very first thing that you should pack in a hope chest. That's good. Hope chest. any of you have hope chests? <laughs> I found one on the side of the road, you know, like 20 years ago. And we have it still. It's awesome. I want you to turn with me to the Bible. Psalm 42. Psalm forty two. Psalm forty two, right in the middle of your Bibles. You can find the Psalms easy, easy, easy. Psalm forty two. We're going to look at some verses there. I'm already running out of time. I like knew this was going to happen, but you know we're going to have communion and we're going to sing together. So we we we'll We'll go quickly, and I won't make you look up all the verses I wanted you to, but um, the Bible tells us this to hope in God. That's what the Bible tells us. that's what that's what I think it all gets down to that our hope must be in God, not in ourselves, not in you know the church, not in, you know, Certain specific things, but in God Himself. Look at verse uh, 5. We're going to look at verses 5 through 41. Uh, 41. 5 through 11. <laughs> oh man, we'll be here for a while. Just put those lunch plans on hold, okay? Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? You've got this stuff going on. And this is what the psalm writer says. He says, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Things are not always going to be like this. I will praise Him. I will yet praise Him. He said, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you, that is God, from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep Calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, verse 8, the Lord directs his love. Is that sweet or what? At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony. There's a a spiritual, there's a physical. As my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? The enemy's hitting us that, hammering us with that. God isn't there with you. Verse 11, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God. It's interesting, John Piper points this out, that it, hoping in God does not necessarily or naturally come to sinners like us. He said we must preach it to ourselves and preach diligently and forcefully or we will give way to a downcast and a disquieted spirit, disturbed spirit. We've got to preach to ourselves. You and I need to preach to ourselves, to our own soul. Soul, put your hope in God. You've got to, we, we've got to tell ourselves that. Why? Because the things of this world and this, this life are, are going to pull us down. It's just the way it is. We have enemies. We have enemies on all kinds of fronts. Put your hope in God. Billy Graham said this, Our world today so desperately hungers for hope, yet uncounted people have almost given up. There's despair and hopelessness on every hand. And let us be faithful in proclaiming the hope that is in Jesus. The hope that you and I have is in Jesus, the one we're going to take communion and celebrate here right now. That's the only hope that you and I have. That's where hope springs forth from. Put your hope in God, he said. He's given us new birth, Peter said, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Where does it happen? The cross and the resurrection. That's why we're going to have communion right now. This victory over death, this fact, and he talks about it there in 1 Peter, that we have an inheritance, we have a place that's being prepared for us. Jesus said it, didn't he, in John 14? He said, don't, you know, don't be afraid, don't give up, don't despair. He says, I, I've, I've gone, I'm going to go, but I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and bring you to that place. I'm going to prepare this place for you. It may not get better in this world, in this life but we have a hope in heaven. I can't sit here and promise you that, you know, you're going to make $100,000 next year. It's going to get better. You're going to, everything's going to turn around. You're going to physically get better, though, you know, God can certainly do any of those things He wants to. It's up to Him. Completely up to Him. And He does do those things, I believe. But I can promise you that heaven, we sang about it, there'll be no more sorrow, no more tears. No more pain. We're going to have a new body. We're going to have a new place, a new home. He's preparing that place for you and for me right now. So our hope, our hope is in God. It's in Jesus. In what he has promised. In his ability to keep his promises. See, that's what faith is. It's trusting him. That he's he's going to do what he said he would do. And that Gives us hope. In His ability, not in this world, not in the things of this world, not in ourselves, but in His ability that He's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of it, whatever the situation is. He's going to give you eternal life. He's going to give you a new home. If you've trusted in Him, it's not automatic. Chris talked about it yesterday. The door is open, but you have to go in. It's not automatic because you're an American. You have the hope of eternal life. No, you're an American and you have more preaching, have more uh, avenues to hear the word of God than ever, but that doesn't make you a person of faith, a person of hope. It's, It's trusting in Jesus Christ for ourselves. Each one of us has to do it. Each one of us, hopefully, each one of us in this room have done it, and that's why we're going to partake of communion right now. Ravi Zechariah said this, outside the cross of Jesus Christ, he said, there is no hope in this world. That cross and the resurrection is at the core of the gospel, and that is the only hope that you and I have. Take away the cross and the resurrection... We have got no hope, folks. There's no hope. You're not, there's no heaven for you, for me. Because the cross pays the price for our sin. And the sin that that is in each and every one of us is what keeps us out of heaven. So, So the cross and the resurrection, it's all there. That's where our hope lies. That's why we take communion. We we do it on a regular basis to remind ourselves where is the hope? I love this song. We're going to close with it in a minute, but he says this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's where the hope is. It's it's not based on anything else. Well, you know, if I really work hard, then, you know, things are going to get better, and not that we shouldn't work hard, but my hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let's pray right now and then we'll pass out the communion and, and partake together. Father in heaven, we thank you for sending your son Jesus. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and that he went into that grave and, and, but, but he couldn't stay there It was impossible, the Bible says, for death to keep its hold on him. And he rose from the dead, defeating death. He paid the price for our sin. He conquered sin. He conquered death that that we might have the hope of eternal life. And that's something worth getting fired up about, that we have hope. We have hope that the world does not have. Without Jesus, there is no hope. And so we stop for a moment now, we quiet our hearts, and and we focus on the cross, not on ourselves, that hero. There's no hero lying within us. That's a lie. The hope is the hero of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our King. We quiet our hearts before you, Jesus, and we say thank you. Thank you for the festival of hope. It's something worth having a festival about for sure because you've given us something that we want to just let other people know about. There's hope. There's hope in this life and there's hope beyond this life because what you did for us, Jesus. Maybe there's someone here today who never, never went in, never entered that house, that place, Never let Jesus into the house of your life and heart. Maybe you you want to do that right now. You can simply say, Jesus, I I need hope. I want hope. Will you please come into my life, my heart? Save me. Forgive me. Change me. And fill me with hope, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.